Morning, church. Rodney said there's a lot of empty holes out here. You don't have to take that. Are you with me? Did you even catch that? (laughs) I can tell that the faithful are here today because uh, there's time change, there's spring break, there's rain, there's darkness in the morning, there's every reason not to be here, so the faithful are here. Thanks. (laughs) Amen. Can I get a witness from the congregation? (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's a, isn't it a great morning? I mean, it's a nice temperature outside. We've got some rain, and it is spring break, and there's a lot of reasons to rejoice today. I am glad that you're here. We continue our study that we're calling Blessed Assurance. We're spending quite a bit of time in First John. We're going to look at two verses today. I'm not in any hurry. I'm enjoying the study myself. I hope that you are. My lesson plan has not changed. John writes for some specific reasons. He wants us to know some things. He wants us to know that we're saved, and he wants us to have an assurance of that salvation. Not something I grew up with. Maybe you're in the same boat. To to know that you're saved to the point that you have an assurance and a confidence, I didn't grow up that way. So that's one of the reasons I'm enjoying this study. Hopefully, 1 John 5.13 is becoming familiar to you where John says... I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. I hope you know that. If you don't know that, you need to know that. It'll change the way you live is what John says. So he uses the word know or knows or knowledge 40 times in these 105 verses. I'd encourage you to go home and read First John. It won't take you very long. And you can. it's okay to write in your Bible. If that bothers you, write in somebody else's Bible. But you can circle the, the, the no and the no's and the acknowledge. And when you get to chapter 4 especially, you can um, underline or circle the number of times he uses the word love. I think 45 times in these 105 verses. There's, there's a couple things he wants us to know. Now, two weeks ago, we talked about our sermon title was What a Fellowship. And the good news is God wants to be in fellowship with each and every one of us. And last week our sermon title was, Got You Covered, because when it comes to having fellowship with God, the only way that can happen is for somebody, someone, some creator to take care of the sin problem. And so God said, I've got you covered. He covers our sins through Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Yes, Jesus died on the cross to provide salvation, but in providing salvation, we now have fellowship with God. Today's sermon title is, You Have the Right to an Attorney. So we're just going to spend some time in a couple of verses. You've heard that phrase before on television, maybe at the movies. Maybe you've been read that phrase before. It goes something like this. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to speak to an attorney and to have an attorney present during any questioning. If you cannot afford a lawyer, one will be provided for you at government expense. It's called your Miranda rights or the Miranda warning. That started about 1966. You can read about Ernesto Miranda. That's where that came from. 
It is a warning given by police in the United States to criminal suspects in police custody before they're interrogated. If they don't read you your Miranda rights, they can't use anything you say in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. Richie, why do you bring that up today? Read with me in 1 John 2, just the first two verses. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, I know we pick on lawyers, but you can pick on any profession you want. People pick on preachers. People pick on dentists. You can find jokes about any profession that you want. So I came across, I I went on the Internet, and I found some top signs that you need a new lawyer. So everybody has a right to an attorney. How do you know when you need a new attorney? Well, if right before the case starts in court, your lawyer leans over and says, now, the judge is the one with that little hammer, right? You might need a new attorney. If your attorney, every time he or she refers to the judge, says, your honor, Using the finger quotations, you might need a new attorney. If your attorney picks the jury by going duck, duck, goose, duck, duck, goose. Oh, come on, y'all. That was good. I'm just doing these to wake you up because I knew it was spring break time change. If your lawyer says that his last good case was Budweiser, you might need a new attorney. These are good. When it does come time for a lawyer, we all know that we need good representation. So when Kelly and I made out a will, when Spencer and Sidney were younger, we sought the advice of a good attorney. When my dad died a year ago and mom had to deal with all those legal issues, my mom needed a good attorney. I've briefly told you before and will briefly not go into detail now. When Spencer took his first job out of college and I was dealing with the Department of Labor, I needed a good attorney. That's all you need to know about that. So um, we all want a good attorney. And when we stand before God, we all need a good attorney because we're all sinners. We're all guilty. And we mention that between verses 1, 7 and 2, verses 2, 2, he uses the word sin nine times. We have a sin problem which is why we can't have fellowship with God until God takes care of the sin problem. But when it comes to sin, we're all guilty, and you have the right to an attorney. Now, John wants us to know that Jesus is much more than a Savior. He's an attorney. I don't know if you're, you're into reading other versions and translations, but I pulled about ten off my shelf, and all ten that I pulled used the same word. We have an advocate We have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. The word means someone who comes alongside, a comforter, someone who comes to one's aid. It's used in a court of justice to denote counsel for the defense, one who pleads another's cause. John's the only writer in the New Testament who uses this word. He uses it five times, once in reference to Jesus right here. The other four times in his gospel, he talks about the other advocate, the other intercessor, the other comforter we have, the Holy Spirit, an advocate, one who comes alongside. 
So that's the terminology here. John is suggesting the imagery of a courtroom. We will all stand before God one day and we will be on trial. And when we're on trial, you have the right to an attorney. So that's the terminology that he's using here. You need good counsel. You need a good attorney. Now, you need to know something else when you stand before the Lord on that day. There's going to be another attorney. There's going to be a prosecuting attorney. And his name is Satan. He's going to be the one prosecuting, or as the Bible talks about, he's called the father of lies. So that's what his role is in the courtroom that day. We read in Revelation chapter 12 that Satan is our accuser and he comes before God day and night with accusations about us. Satan is constantly throwing accusations to God about us and to us because of our relationship. He reminds us that we're sinners. He reminds us that we're guilty. He puts in our minds and our hearts, you don't deserve to be saved. You don't deserve to be in relationship with God. And he robs us of our joy and he robs us of our hope and we begin to doubt our salvation. That's his job and he's very good at it. He's the prosecuting attorney. So we start wondering, well, you know, I don't know if I'm saved or not. If I die today, I don't know if I'd be in heaven or not. And we start having doubts which is why John writes. And in these two verses, he knows what's going through our mind and he knows the prosecuting attorney. And so he says, hey, Christians, I just want to remind you, you have the right to an attorney. Now, he says, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense. All of those words are really just one Greek word. We have an advocate one who speaks to the Father in our defense. Jesus is our legal counsel. Jesus is our advocate. Jesus speaks to the Father in our defense. you know why we have the right to an attorney? Because we don't need to speak for ourselves. We will incriminate ourselves. Like I said, when we stand in the courtroom that day, we're all guilty and the best thing we can do is to say nothing. We have the right to an attorney. So John says in chapter 2, verse 1, I write these things to you so that you will not sin. Well, why does he start out that way? Well, God wants to have fellowship with us. And in order for God to have fellowship with us, God had to do something about the sin problem. That's why Jesus came. Sin separates us from God. So God had to do something. So now that God has done something, we talked about that's what God brings to the table, Jesus Christ. Now that he brings Jesus to the table, I want you to walk in the light as he is in the light. But we don't always do that. But John says, I write these things to you. I'm making appeal to you so that you don't sin. Why does he say that? Because he knows there's people who are going to abuse what God has done in Jesus Christ. Well, if I've got forgiveness of sins anyway, I can go do whatever I want. God has to forgive me. That's an abuse of grace, folks. That's not what the Bible teaches. God in His love wants to forgive us, and God in His love has provided forgiveness. But that doesn't mean we abuse grace and go live any way we want to. And so John makes an appeal. I know there's people out there who think, well, you know, if this is what I've gotten, God, I can walk in darkness all I want. No, I'm making an appeal to you. I want you to not sin. As you grow and mature and you walk in the light, I want you to read a reach a point where 
you're overcoming sin and you start to hate darkness more and you start to love light more and more. Because of what God's done, that's how we should want to live. Listen, folks, Jesus didn't go to the cross so that we would keep on sinning. Jesus went to the cross so that we would sin less and we would grow in Him and we'd grow and mature. And we would allow God through Jesus Christ, through His Word, through the Holy Spirit to empower us so that we don't live that way anymore. So I appeal to you, John says. I'm making an appeal to you to quit sinning. Now, again, why should our goal be not to sin? It's real simple. Because God loved us so much He sent His Son to die. Why should you keep from sinning and strive not to sin? Because somebody died for me and you. That's reason enough not to sin. And we need to be reminded of that. Now, John's not asking for perfection. We're going to sin. He's just asking that we continue to grow and mature. But knowing that we will always sin, knowing that sin always has a hold on us, even as Christians, I write these things to you so that you will not sin. But if you do sin, John says, I want you to know, you have the right to an attorney. If you do break the law of God, you do have the right to an attorney. Now, John writes, my dear children, he's not writing to the whole world. He's writing to Christians. Yes, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, but only the people who respond to what Jesus has done have the right to an attorney. Only the people who respond to Jesus have what Jesus has to offer. So he says, my dear children, here's why I'm writing. I'm writing to let you know that you have the right to an attorney. Now, to use the imagery John's suggesting here, we know the day will come. I hope you know the day will come that you're going to be on trial before God. He uses this courtroom setting. And when that day comes, I hope you know and understand. We will not be innocent. We are not innocent. John even writes in this letter, chapter 3, verse 4, everyone who sins breaks the law. Anybody in here have no sin? Go back to chapter 1. If that's what you think, then you deceive yourself and the truth is not in you. We're all guilty. Nobody in here is innocent. So when you stand before God on Judgment Day, you can't stand any other way except by saying you're guilty. Again, in the courtroom that day will be Satan, the prosecuting attorney. And he will have documentation that we, that we are guilty. He will have compelling evidence that we're guilty. He will have undeniable, conclusive evidence that we are guilty. Everything Satan says that day will be true. You have the right to an attorney. And you need good counsel, is what John says. And you know, because Satan does what he does and he's good at what he does, we live our lives scared to death. We live our lives scared that we're going to spend eternity in hell because we know he's right. And John knows that. John knows that Satan robs us of our joy and robs us of living and robs us of that relationship with God. So he's reminding us, hey, I just want to let you know, I just want to let you know, I just want to let you know. When Satan's throwing his accusations out there, you need to tell Satan, hey, Satan, you need to talk to my attorney. Makes a big difference in how you live. 
Folks, we don't have to live scared. But we live hoping that maybe just some evidence can be found that we're not guilty. We watch all those shows on TV and and you know those crime scene investigators, not only are they trying to find evidence to prove people are guilty, they're sometimes trying to find evidence to prove that people are not guilty. And we live our lives just hoping maybe just maybe they can find just a little bit of evidence that when I stand before God, maybe just maybe God will say, you know, we found just a little bit. You're not guilty. Oh, I hope so. I maybe think so. I don't know. I hope they find something. And then as we get older, we get closer to death, our hearts beat faster and faster, and we keep wondering, you know, I hope I've done enough. I hope my life proves enough that I'm innocent. You ever watch a show with a courtroom setting, a scene, and a person decides to defend themselves? The first thing that comes to your mind is what a intelligent, sharp, smart individual, right? No, we usually think, what a... What? I heard something. I had down idiot. So let me give you a quote. I looked it up. It's attributed to several people, so I'll just say Abraham Lincoln. Isn't that what you say? A man who acts as his own attorney has a fool as a client. Why is it we would want to stand before God and represent ourselves when we have a court-appointed attorney by the name of Jesus Christ? And yet that's what we try to do. We try to live our entire lives defending ourselves. We talked in chapter 1 about we try to cover our own sins, and God says, look, that's my job. I've got you covered. And yet we try to defend ourselves. And many will stand before the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do all this stuff? And I'm trying to defend myself in saying that. And in saying that, what we're saying is we don't trust our attorney. Because you see, when Jesus stands before God on that day on our behalf, Jesus wants God to see Jesus on our behalf. And yet we don't trust Jesus, so we find ourselves living our lives trying to impress the judge. That's not good defense is what John says because 2,000 years ago Jesus finished his work on earth John 17 I finished the work that you gave me to do here on earth but you need to know that the work Jesus is doing in heaven right now is unfinished Hebrews chapter 9 verse 24 says for Christ did not enter a man-made sanctuary he entered heaven itself now to appear for us in God's presence. You want to know what Jesus is doing now? He's standing in the presence of God on your behalf, defending you and me 24-7 for eternity. He's doing that now. He's interceding. He's our advocate. He's our legal counsel. And you would rather stand yourself and say, hey, God, let me tell you a few things. You know, when I was on the earth, I went to church and I read my Bible and I did a lot of good deeds and I went on a mission trip. Will my good deeds get me into heaven? You just got rid of your good counsel in Jesus Christ. You just sentenced yourself to hell for eternity. You have the right to an attorney by the name of Jesus Christ. Why would you not want to take advantage of him, John says? And you want to know something else about Jesus? He has never lost a case. Oh, I think I'm going to use him. 
That's who I want on my side. When we stand before God, Satan's going to say, you're guilty. When we stand before God, Jesus is going to say to God, guilty. When we stand before God, God's going to say, guilty. Well, Richie, that's some great news. But here's the good news. John says, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Jesus Christ, the one who took our place on the cross. Jesus Christ, the one who satisfied the sin debt. Jesus Christ, the one who became a Lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice. Jesus Christ, the one who met everything about the law that God required and satisfied it. We have Jesus Christ saying, hey God, I met those demands. You look at Richie through me. That's the kind of counsel I want. That's the kind of counsel that I need. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. When Jesus stands before God, we want God to look at Jesus and not us. Again, our problem is we try to find ways to impress the judge. Because we're not sure if Jesus is going to come through. I know Jesus died on the cross and I understand all the implications of that. But God, just in case that wasn't enough, I just want to give you my resume here. Just in case what Jesus did was not enough? Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? And didn't we prophesy? And didn't we, didn't we, didn't we? As if the counsel of Jesus was not what Jesus supplies is not enough. John wants us to know that we have one who is sufficient to represent us for our sins. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Nobody else could get us into the throne room of God Except Jesus. You have the right to an attorney. His name's Jesus Christ. And he can take you right before the throne of God. You want somebody else representing you that day? I don't. Especially since the prosecuting attorney is Satan and he's slamming us every day. Listen, folks, when you break the law, someone has to pay the price. Somebody has to pay the price. And Jesus did. And that's our representing counsel standing before God. Jesus represents us on that day based on what he did. And he wants us to put our faith in what he did. And if you put your faith in what he did, if you put your faith, if you put your trust in your counsel, you have no reason to live scared. You have no reason to doubt. You have no reason to wonder about your salvation Because let me tell you what Jesus did. Let me tell you why he's such good counsel. Let me illustrate it this way. On December 26, 1944, Lieutenant John Fox was killed in action when he deliberately called for artillery fire on himself. The Germans were attacking in a vicinity of northern Italy and he would call for artillery fire as he would see their position moving. And as it got closer and closer, the last time he radioed in, they said, listen, if we deliver that artillery, it's going to be right on top of you. And knowing that the Germans were coming and knowing there was no other way, he ordered the artillery. He brought down fire on himself. When they found his body, they found a hundred German soldiers that were killed Because of the artillery that came down. He brought down fire on himself. Folks, on the cross that day, Jesus brought down the fiery wrath of God on himself. 
to save us. Well, Jesus, if you do that, you're going to die. I know, but I want to save all these people. You have the right to an attorney, and that's what your attorney did. That's who you want representing you before God. You don't want to defend yourself. And if that's what Jesus did, then every time Satan wants to slam you with an accusation, again, we just need to say, you need to talk to my attorney. He's got everything under control. You're going to have to go through him. But listen, folks, even though you have the right to an attorney, it's useless if you don't take advantage of him. It's useless if you don't use him. It's useless, as John says in chapter 1, if you continue to walk in darkness. It's useless if you think, well, you know, I know what Jesus did and I understand all that. I'm just going to go live any way I want to. Because surely Jesus will defend me even though I live any way I want to. John says you can't live that way. You can't live that way. Listen, folks, Satan cannot win the case. Satan cannot win the case as long as you put your trust in your attorney, your advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And if Satan can't win the case, why are we listening to his accusations? Why are we wondering if we're going to be saved? Why do we live in doubt? Why do we hope that we've done enough? We don't have to live that way. Because we have Jesus Christ, the one who stands in the fa- to, before the Father on our defense. So let me give you two attorney illustrations, two legal illustrations to uh, close. The first comes from one of my favorite movies, A Few Good Men. You probably know some of the quotes from that movie. Tom Cruise plays a lawyer who's defending two Marines who are on trial. I'm sure you know the lines. It gets pretty intense in a courtroom scene between he and Jack Nicholson. And Cruise says, I want the truth. Not everybody does. And Nicholson responds, you can't handle the truth. So just in case you've never been told the truth, let me give you the truth today. You are guilty because of your sin. And the Bible says we've all sinned. And because of our sins, we are destined to live eternity in hell. Well, Richie, I don't want to hear that. I I, I don't want to hear that. I'm not sure if that's truth. And if it is, I can't handle that truth. I just assume you not preach that way. Folks, we're condemned to hell. If God doesn't do something, I didn't say if we do something and live right, we will spend eternity in hell if God doesn't do something. And God did. He sent Jesus Christ, his son. That doesn't mean we're not still condemned to hell. God says, here's what I'm doing. I want you to walk in the light as he's in the light. And if you'll do that, and if you'll confess him, then I'll purify you of all your sins. And when you stand before God on judgment day because of Jesus... I'll declare you not guilty. But many people don't want to hear the truth that they're going to die in their sins. Illustration number two, I can't remember the exact date. Think around my college days. You've heard me talk about my good friend, Dr. Jay. He was the best man at our wedding. Jay has a family practice. Jay's dad had a family practice. Jay's grandpa had a family practice. Jay's son has a family practice. John Marshall Huser, the first, second, third, fourth. 
Around my college days, Jay's dad, John, John served, went in as an elder with my dad. They went in the same time. They served 25 years together. John had a family practice. He had delivered about 2,000 babies when he got a malpractice suit in reference to how a baby was delivered. So he sought good counsel. And as many attorneys do these days, especially the better ones and those who can't afford to do so, for weeks and months, this attorney sent all of his paralegals and all of his folks out to talk to John and John's people in the hospital and do all the homework, if you will. The week before the trial, John said, I'd really like to meet my attorney, which he did. And that attorney, Jay said, was just phenomenal. And John won the case. There's a lot of people that don't want to meet their attorney. John says, I want you to know you have the right to an attorney. You want to meet him? His name is Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins, the sins of the entire world. But he serves no purpose to me and you if we don't want to meet him. And Jesus says, you know, when it comes to my legal fees, I'm not interested in monetary payment. Here's what I'm interested in. I'd like for you to give me your life as payment. Not to pay for what Jesus did, but just in response for what Jesus did. I will provide you legal counsel if you walk in the light as I'm in the light, if you confess me as Lord and Savior, if you repent of trying to defend yourself and you say, I can't defend myself, I'm going to let you... And if you name yourself a Christian, I'm, I'm going to wear the name of my legal counsel, Jesus Christ. I'm going to be a Christian. And I'll do anything that I need to do to have him represent me. If that means I need to be baptized for the remission of sins, I'll do that to have legal counsel on that day. Because I don't want to stand before God guilty in and of myself. I want God to look at Jesus and go through Jesus. You have the right to an attorney. But you've got to accept what he has to offer, church. You can't take it for granted. You can't walk in darkness. You can't live any way you want to live. God wants to be in relationship with us. So here's why we can have blessed assurance. We can have blessed assurance because every time Satan attacks, you need to talk to my attorney. And because everything goes through my attorney, Jesus Christ, I can live boldly. I can live with assurance. Because I know he's not going to lose the case. And he's going to protect me and shield me. And he wants me in heaven. And I'm going to live believing that. Because that's what he says. You have the right to an attorney. If you need to respond to the invitation of Jesus Christ, if you need to confess of your sins, if you need to repent of trying to defend yourselves, if you need to be baptized for the remission of your sins, that's the truth, church. That's what God says. That's what you need to do. If you need to respond, please do so as we stand and sing.